All right. Let's do it, everybody. Here we go. Three, two, one. Aloha and welcome to the Solar Coaster Live Show here uh, with I'm Josh Porter in Makawao, Maui, and my co-host uh, Jason. Where are you calling in from, Jay? Good morning. I'm back in Osaka. You know, we did our California trip and <laughs> it was a hell of a lot of fun, but uh, had to come home. Yeah, yeah, it's great to be back on air and to be doing some follow-up shows. And we've got a uh, a great guest from Taigo, Mrs. Uh, Jing Chan, and she's a, a a really knowledgeable person in this space. Miss uh, Jing, would you would you like to introduce yourself? Yes, uh, thanks, uh, Josh and Jason. I'm Jing Tian. I'm Chief Growth Officer with uh, Taigo Energy. I'll tell you what, you're very welcome to be here. So nice to see you, Jing. I'll tell you what, uh, you know, JD reached out to us before RE Plus, which feels like another world at this point, because RE Plus was so, you know, momentous with 27,000 people coming together and and it felt like kind of the, the get back together event. But there's so many great things happening in this space. And JD reached out and I know him from earlier days. And he said, hey, we really got to get you uh, on air with us because Tygo is doing some really uh, amazing things in the solar plus battery world. So, you know, and of course, uh, we have uh, an understanding of Tygo because way back when Tygo was one of the only companies that I was aware of in the kind of inverter agnostic, if I can say that, uh, DC optimizer space. So, you know, and and for some people, they may be thinking, what does that mean? Well, it's like back then, what I remember, and correct me if I'm wrong here, Jeng, but I, what I remember is that those optimizers, you could you could spec those in a system. If you were creating a system, a commercial system, or a or maybe an off grid system with you know old radians or something, you wanted to have optimization for different reasons on roof. Uh, when I mean optimization, I mean panel level optimization. Then you could spec Tygo, and it was an amazing solution to have that kind of flexibility at that stage of the game. So uh, yeah, really, uh, that was that. That's what strikes me. Is that kind of where where Tygo came from? Yeah, so Tiger, um, it's been in the uh, module-level power electronics business since 2017. Right. Um, yes, so we have a family of a product that we call TS4. Uh, so it's a, you mentioned the optimizer. We also have a module-level monitoring only, and also have a rapid shutdown device. But it's all in that this family, and the flexibility is the key. Uh, so we maintain our flexibility and the open architect. And that is to work with uh, all inverters. It's inverter agnostic. Yeah. Isn't that an interesting value proposition, Jay? And I remember that it was the fire protection. It was the uh, rapid shutdown. And then I guess the DC optimization, right, as well. Yes. And, yeah. and so you had like a color chart or something. And it was like, you could do this color, that color, this color, all three of them. <laughs> and That's I correct. That about That's right. So yeah. it's super cool. How about you, Jay? What do you think about today's show? What say you, sir? Oh, I have, I immediately recognized the name, you know, back in the day, it was the only one. If I remember right, you um, received a government um, award for uh, the development of these, these technologies. It was specific to uh, safety features that basically no one else was providing. <laughs> and so it was really, it was, it was, I mean, obviously on our radar immediately. So very, yeah, very happy to have this conversation. Yeah, no, thanks. Yep. Yeah. So you'll notice, uh, Jing, that uh, Jason has green, his green screen as his background. And we just decided, <laughs> hey, that's that's Tygo Green. So we might as well roll with it. Uh, so yeah. it, that's Jason's <laughs> tribute to Tygo, to the guest in today's show. So, um, all right, well, let's just dig right in here, uh, Jing. I want to um, give people that are listening an opportunity to understand a little bit about the background of Tygo before we jump into the Solar Plus battery tech and mm -hmm. all the kind of cool value propositions that, of course, uh, come along with that. 
that. So can you give uh, our listeners a sense of kind of who Tygo is, what the background is? You just mentioned, of course, the level, the module level uh, of offering. What, how did it all start out? Uh, yeah, we started out in 2017 as a Silicon Valley um, based startup company. Um, so we've been in the business uh, since then. Um, mostly our original um, Innova uh, innovation is really based on the module level power electronics. So, so we have gone through multiple generation products. So today we still, this is our main product. Uh, we're still providing Tiger TS4 and we have uh, the latest product we, um, you know, with a much higher power, 700 watt power and the 25 amp uh, maximum ISC. So we're evolving over those years to uh, meet with the uh, with the modules, uh, you know, PV module with the increased power, increased current. And then we also try to work with uh, all different inverters. We have uh, more than nine hundred inverters uh, um, tested, uh, compatible worldwide. Um, and uh, the other very important asset is giving we know about the DC optimizer. So we've developed a very comprehensive uh, what we call EI monitoring platform. Uh, it's our software that gives you the module level visibility. Um, so that's monitoring, but in addition, it's actually uh, provide a lot of a fleet level view that which is expanding to the operation and the maintenance uh, for customer to use our product. And so um, that is the you know, main product we've go uh, uh, coming all those years. So last year we introduced the, um, you know, uh, inverter plus storage solutions. I see. I see. So what, what occurs to me is I'm trying to get a read on kind of where Tygo fits in the market, in you know, up until now uh, in terms of utility, commercial, residential. And I can imagine you just mentioned fleet, which is interesting. So, you know, if, if you're an installer and maybe you have, a, you know, 500 installs across your community and then you want to know how those things are doing, you're saying that you can, your software can kind of reach out and see that all simultaneously. Is that right? Yes. Yes. So we have an installer's okay. views. So they have a, then also have a different level of details uh, to monitor, you know, current voltage is the signal strength. Um, Interesting enough, we can actually help diagnose lots of problems remotely. We can almost solve 90, greater than 97% of problems remotely. So significantly yeah. saving the operation and the maintenance costs to reduce the truck rolls. Truck roll, that's the, uh, that's the phrase, that's, right? That's, that's yeah. interesting. What, what, what kind of problems specifically are you? You know, we will see people with the monitoring issues, uh, with the, you know, sometimes it's a shorting, uh, module is not working. So it's, what's really easy is to identify pinpoint where the problem is, mm -hmm. right? So it's, you've got a particular location. We have several cases studies. Some of it is just, uh, you know, you have an excess amount of uh, uh, bird droops and oh, the causes sure. uh, to <laughs> module not performing. Um, and um, the other thing is you mentioned earlier about the scales. Uh, our technology is very scalable. So we've uh, deployed systems from a few kilowatt system, residential systems to as big as 20 megawatts of uh, large ground mount uh, systems. Yeah. Right. 
And I can imagine that would be um, on the commercial. So the, it, that's kind of the full gambit, right? A couple mm -hmm. kilowatts to 20 megawatts is utility scale. So in the middle there on the commercial side, that would probably be very valuable because some of these systems, you know, they can be pretty large on roof, like a Maui brew, of course, Jay, is what I'm thinking about, you know, and these kinds of systems, you may have thousands of modules. And if you don't have some granularity and some visibility as to what's happening, then yeah, birds might be dropping or you might have very, or it, it, in the case of Cuddy Hunk Island, they might, the, the, they may have, Jay knows what I'm talking about. Yep. Drop, drop, drop clams. <laughs> <laughs> drop clams to break them. The the birds wow. maybe on yeah. the on the glass, right? So uh, yeah. you want to know if a bird's dropping clams on your your photovoltaics, so yeah. you can fix it. <laughs> so uh, and it's all about that O and M cost, of course. You know now that the solar industry is maturing. Uh, that O&M is becoming more and more relevant for everyone, you know, whether you're an individual with a two kilowatt array or whether you're the big utility scale guys. And so having that visibility, the fleet visibility, all of that's going to become more and more important because as you mentioned, the term truck roll, and that particular phrase is scary for, for O&M guys because a truck roll is expensive. You generally got two guys. You generally got X amount of time to a place. Then yeah. you got to go out and diagnose. And then you got to, maybe you have the stuff you need to fix it, or maybe you don't. And then you got to go, you know, so the expenses can really stack up a lot with the truck roll. So anytime you can, you can kind of nip that in the bud early, yeah. now you're creating better long-term economics for the system, which is what it's all designed to do in the first place, right? So, yes. um, yeah. Very cool. Very cool. So, all right. So that's kind of some of the background here. Now, um, we, of course, love solar plus battery systems. And we love geeking out on this stuff. Jay and I are talking about them as they emerge. And of course, the market now is becoming kind of like more populated. For years, we didn't have a lot of options in that space. On-grid solar batteries, mm. there were only a couple of options. Now we're seeing, you know, a lot of great kind of uh, contributors come in and say, hey, we've got this technology. In the case of Tiger, we've got this expertise in this uh, kind of area of the industry. And now we're moving into the solar plus battery space. And that's really the kind of meat on the bone that we're going to talk about today. So so why don't you introduce some of this technology? Give us a sense of what's going on with the uh, the evolution of Tygo into the solar plus battery space. Yeah, so we see that the market needs as well. Market is looking for alternatives, right? So mm -hmm. additional players into market. So what we do is we build on our knowledge because we monitoring over, actually, I was going to say um, 50, over 50 solar units, uh, systems, uh, those only tiger monitored system, right? so it's a lot of non-monitored system. So we understand the system behavior, how it, how it performs. So leveraging those knowledges, so we, uh, you know, work with, uh, to build a tiger's uh, solar person uh, storage. Um, primary, initially, we're entering into the commercial mar uh, residential market, as we see there's a great need in this segment. Uh, so our products are DC coupled. So we have three different inverter sizes: is 3.8, 7.6, and 11.4 kilowatt. And then we have a, a DC coupled uh, batteries is up to 40 kilowatt hours. Uh, depends on you know how how big you want a battery. So start with a 10, go up to 40 kilowatt hours. Um, so it's got the, be able to do um, critical load backup or do whole home backup. And uh, the system itself can configure. It's a primary build for DC couple. It's a hybrid inverter, but we can also configure into AC couple. So I'm aware that in Hawaii, in addition to building lots of new solar plus storage systems, you also have existing PV systems. You're looking for adding batteries. Our system yes. can work as an AC coupled as well. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, Jay. So, you know, you, there's a certain level of flexibility that's unique there, right? Yeah. So uh, what's, what I heard was uh, 3876114 on mm-hmm. the sizing, which pretty much carries the gambit of what you would want on a re- residential system. And then up to 40 kilowatt hours per inverter. Is that right? Correct. Right, yeah. 40 kilowatt hours of energy. And then, of course, we didn't touch on it yet, but you spec'd uh, lithium iron phosphate. Now, is it lithium iron phosphate exclusively? That's what you're using? Correct. Yeah. Right. It's a much safer, uh, much safer battery. So yes, right. it's so a safety. Yeah. You don't need any active cool. And from safety guys, you guys are fire suppression. Yeah. That's classic. Tiger. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, We know about yes. this stuff. So you cho- right. chose LifePo, which is uh, interesting in and of itself. Right. And we're seeing yeah. a lot of movement into LifePo now. Mm-hmm. Um, so let me just think a little bit about the, the sizing here. So I also read that you can, um, you could stack your DC to your inverter at a 200% ratio. Is that accurate? That's correct. Our, our inverter to DC-AC ratio is two to one. So it's given lots of oversizing um, mm-hmm. on the PV size that which allow you to charging uh, to the battery during the peak production of the PV system. So this is kind of interesting. And from someone for someone at home that's thinking about getting a solar system or adding some batteries, they may not be thinking about this, but the, the because it's a DC coupled system, that extra DC, that can go directly into your batteries. That's what you just said. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's not going through the inverter to the battery. You're not inverting or rectifying in order to store. You're at a very high level of efficiency. You have a PV panel. You have an optimizer. You have your TS4, I assume, in there. And then you you optimize that pretty pretty darn high efficiencies. DC coupled systems are efficient by nature. And then you're storing directly in the DC. So, but simultaneous to that, if you have, let's say you have a 7.6 inverter right right in the middle of the road and Mm -hmm. you have 15.2 DC on roof, 200%, then you could throw seven, six of that inverter all day long and the rest could be storing in the battery essentially, right? So you could use it. So you're not necessarily clipping uh, with that, with that type of an architecture, clipping meaning, Mm -hmm. you know, curtailing your, your energy production and storage and consumption. So um, pretty interesting stuff. Jay, what do you think here? Somewhere in there, there's a uh, there's the opportunity for EV charging as well. If I read that right, yes, um, that's in our product roadmap. That would be yes. next, uh, 2023. Uh, yeah, because that's that's all I can say. Like, if you have that much solar and that much, you can store that much energy, and then you can just where where are you going to put it? That's always the conversation we have right now. You're, right. you're generating all this energy. What are you going to do with it? Um, the Mr. Porter likes to say the the abundance of energy. Well, we have all this 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 these electrons. Um, Forty kilowatt hour is pretty respectable. <laughs> I do want to say that right off the bat. Um, but still, like the, these these EV batteries, uh, people don't bigger. understand are are, are yeah. an, an order of magnitude larger yeah. than even the largest home battery. And so we really want to leverage that as a storage medium as much as possible. So having that EV charger on the roadmap is is a big deal. Yeah. Really is. Especially then you can use a time of use because we have a mode for time of use, mm-hmm. um, you know, um, backup mode. So all, with all this, you have additional large load that give you lots of uh, um, flexibility in terms of uh, when do you want to charge, when do you want to discharge, when do you want to store the energy. That was, that was going to be my next my next question. Yeah. So, so yeah. this TOU thing, uh, we've talked about it a lot on air, but it's uh, still very new <laughs> in in Hawaii. Yeah. Uh, so we're not not quite sure how it's all going to shake out. Um, we have a lot of people um, in the classic uh, NEM systems mm-hmm. that are going to be basically aged out. Um, we they don't know how they're going to be managing their energy. It's always just been the, the grid as one big battery. Yeah. Um, I think this. 
home battery system is going to be a, a seriously attractive thing for people going forward because of the way that the politics are shaking out. Mm-hmm. So um, there's a lot to to kind of talk about here, and I definitely am excited to talk about you know how this system applies specifically to the new TOU rates here, and I can imagine some discussions on that. But before we get there, <clears throat> I want to think a little bit about you know just to to, to kind of wrap up the the how the system might be installed so on a dc level you've got 200 percent dc ac ratio you got a lot of potential pv on roof to a given inverter whatever you choose you've got up to 40 kilowatt hours of lithium iron phosphate uh which is very safe probably doesn't require active cooling for example is that stacked on a wall is that outdoor that's outdoor for eco ratings right yeah, it's rated for outdoor, so um, it's not a wall mount because our LFP battery is very heavy. Yeah. But you can you can lean against the wall, so I there's a, uh, there's a bracket to hold a battery in place. I gotcha. So it's kind of maybe got a stand and on a bracket, and it kind of sits next to the the wall, yeah. and it can be out. Does it need a pad? You can build a pad. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And um, so when you have. I want to get a sense. So if someone had um, that's if someone was putting in a new system, they would deploy it in that way. If it were if they were if they were, let's say, a NEM system like we were just talking about and they go, oh, I need batteries. And I like Tygo because of this um, focus that in this background they have on safety and fire prevention and things like that. So maybe they get excited about it and they wanted to do it. What does it look like in that scenario? What does an AC coupled uh, system deployment look like? It, it looks the same. So you have uh, your PV system coming with the existing inverter. Then you go to the main panel. Then you have the inverters and the batteries together from Tygo. That com- communicates back to the inverter as a to existing inverter. Then the communication between Tygo's storage inverter and the existing inverter is uh, followed by the LU21 uh, protocol. Yeah. Right. And the thing that occurs to me is that with your TS4, your, the, the optimizers, let's call them that, or panel level optimization, you have this kind of history of working with, you set up to how many inverters? 800 inverters? Over 900. Yeah. 900 inverters. So yeah. you're kind of acquainted with working, with playing with, let's say, companies in another sandbox, right? You're kind of right. acquainted with that process, which of course, from an AC coupling perspective, when it's, it could be you know, any of a maybe half dozen kind of primary dominant you know, inverters on on-grid inverters over the years, you kind of know how to talk to those guys is where I'm going with this. Yes, you got it right on. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Very good. Okay, cool. So that's kind of, you have this, you know, new DC coupled uh, or original system design. Uh, and then you have the opportunity to come in and retrofit and add batteries. Uh, that's very good. And then by the way, you know, when you were talking a little bit about EV charging here and Jade probably knows where I'm going to go with this, but uh, it would be great if that EV charger came right to market with bi-directionality. <laughs> Just a thought. <laughs> I'm not sure. I got it. I got your input. <laughs> you know, take that for what it's worth. Okay. The yeah. idea of because then you're in a you know it's very exciting. I, I know a number of I know a number of people who that is literally their deal breaker. They're waiting for that one feature and then they'll yeah. buy it. Yeah, I think it takes some um, two facts. You also to have to EV companies allow people to do bidirectional right. charges. Yeah. I think. Uh, um, it's going to happen. Um, I got a feeling industry is going to move towards that direction. I think 2023 is the year. Yeah. No kidding. 2023. Okay. I'm hopeful. I'm an optimistic person. No. Yes. As I a- think we've got to have a bi-directional charger. That's just uh, you well, know, by nature of it. You've got a giant battery in the car. Why not use it? 
So it's so yeah, it's so exciting. Exactly now you've got a little DC microgrid essentially, right? You know, yeah. you got your battery, you got your DC optimizer, you got your car, and if they're yeah. just it's just flowing between them, ah, what an elegant design that is. Okay, great. So we got this. Uh, they got this new uh, system with these uh, these value propositions we just described. Um, let's talk a little bit about what's going on in Hawaii and how this can be an opportunity for people, right? So mm-hmm. you know, Hawaii is an environment where, and we've said this a thousand times, but just basic recap. We've got a lot of uh, early adopters in PV over the last decade, and then we moved very quickly to post-NEM, meaning um, we needed to move into new tariffs. It wasn't just the one-to-one exchange of you know, big theoretical battery, which is what NEM, net energy metering, basically is for people. And we kind of graduated very early in around 15, was it, Jay, or was that the time? Yeah. Was it that early? Yep. 2015. Yeah, it really was. <laughs> it's hard to even math anymore. So it, we, we moved very quickly into um, uh, post-NAM with new tariffs and then self-supply and on-grid batteries. But for the most part, up until recently, you know, it was kind of, uh, we didn't have a lot of on-grid batteries, but I'd say the last few years, the attachment rate has skyrocketed. And now we're at like something like 70, 80 plus percent of the systems going in have some form of battery. And now we're moving to a place um, just over the course of the last week or so, uh, post RE plus where we saw uh, the time of use rates being, we, we had performance-based regulation on the utility side, which means the utility has to do things good for renewables to get paid. <laughs> that kind of happened mm-hmm. earlier in the year. And then we moved into time of use uh, being, it looks like approved from the PUC, if I'm not mistaken, um, uh, last week or so. So what that means is you're going to have different pricing for your energy on a daily basis based on, you know, you got this huge abundant supply of solar in the middle of the day, and they want to charge kind of uh, less for energy then and more in the morning and the evening when it's dark and they have to kind of provide it. So time of use is something like that. I think we're going to have something like three or four different rates based on each of the schedules, you know. Um, but what do you think about this system and how it can help people in that? And plus we have battery bonus too coming in. So that's interesting too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So first of all, the time of use, uh, we can set in our app, you have a multiple windows you can set up based on the different days, uh, different times. So if you based on the utility rates, it's at a different rate. So the idea is you want to use as, as little energy from the grid as possible when it's a peak hour. So time of use in the battery scenarios in the app, what you really think about it is shifting because by shifting is meaning when the grid is cheaper, you use the grid, try to char- uh, use the PV, charge the battery. If you can, don't use the grid, it'd be ideal. Um, charge the battery, then save this battery to the time, it's a peak hour where you use most of the energy at your home. For example, when you make dinner. So in California, for example, our time of use, the peak rate is between 4 to 9 p.m. So I want to use a 4 to 9 p.m. use my battery, but at noon, I want a battery to be charged. Right? Right. So, so that is allow me to save um, energy uh, that I can use a minimum amount of grid energy. Yeah. Yep. Right. So that's, uh, I guess there's opportunities there for you to program it, to optimize for a given tariff structure, like mm-hmm. we have here in Hawaii, this new TOU. So you guys will go, okay, well, it costs X in the morning and Y in the middle of the day and Z in the evening. And then maybe there's an off peak 
car charging rate or something as well. And then, uh, you know, we're going to try to use our solar solar energy during the day. And then we're going to try to use shift it over a little bit to the evening, depending on how we need to use it. That, that what is that bill of the duck, I suppose, right? The duck curve. Right. Yes. So, very cool. Okay. Jay's got his finger up. Yeah. Fired away. So, um, something <laughs> that you just said, can you charge the battery from grid power? <clears throat> For example, yes. you don't have so yes. 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 So um, we have an option. So customer can choose to say if you want to charge the battery, uh, charge the battery from the grid. So there's an option there. Yeah. That's 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 a really interesting. You talk about energy shifting. I mean, you don't okay. even need to have solar at that point. You just have the inverter in the battery, and you would be able to buy cheap and then use it later. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You got it. It's yeah. Very much a game. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, geez, that's a certain kind of use case too, especially with battery yeah. bonus, right? Yeah. 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 So, yeah. so meaning that you could you could potentially actually do that and just buy it if it were cheap. Well, what I'm th what I'm thinking about. I mean, we have we have energy issues in the islands all the time. You know, power goes out at my house a couple house there a couple times a month, right? And it's just because the the it's unstable the energy system. Um, so having safety, having the battery there is mm -hmm. is a big bonus. And then if you can also offset the cost of having, of buying that battery by simply avoiding time of use, high rate, mm -hmm. it, it's, it starts to sound a little more attractive. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, it's a good segue, right, Jay, to over to the notion of uh, power outages. So, sure. you know, of course, solar, it has a green concept to it. Solar has a, um, a, 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 a financial consequence to it. You're saving money, you know, over yep. the grid. Um, and then there's other cool things uh, that you can do with solar. But I mean, one of the main things is the concept now with energy security. So tell us a little bit about how this system in particular works in an outage what are some of the power capabilities are you doing load control are you doing um you're meeting certain loads how are you shifting things around yeah so we can do the our battery can depends on how you configure it right so if you're doing um 20 kilowatt hours high two battery in parallel we can provide a 10 kilowatt of the backup of power that obviously goes with 11.4 kilowatt battery if it's a 7.6 <laughs> Then you minimize, uh, you know, control minimum uh, is by uh, by 7.6 kilowatt. So that is a sufficient amount of power to power up the some of the appliances in the house. Right? So what uh, I heard was that the 11.4, if you have two, how is it configured? Is it is you if have you have 11.4, you have a two battery comes in, which is 20 kilowatt hour. Each battery give you five kilowatt backup of power. So two of them adding together, it's 10 kilowatt. So it's 10 kilowatt in off-grid mode, effectively. Correct. For the backup mode. Yeah. I see. I see. Yeah. Well, that's pretty robust. 10 kilowatts. I know just by looking at my power in the house. <clears throat> Jay, you may jump in here because my throat's kind of a little foggy right now. But that, that 10 kilowatts, it rarely exceeds that. You know, it's very unusual time for me to do that. My home is generally, <clears throat> even at peaks, maybe around five or six kilowatts, seven yeah. kilowatts, eight kilowatts. Of course, if I decide to go and turn a jacuzzi on, a hot tub, or a sauna or something like that now we're in the oven the oven the dryer i mean all these appliances right. that we're, we're used to using that generally take a lot of take a lot of energy um and you could certainly avoid those um but yeah it's really hard to get to 10 10 kilowatt you, yeah. you have to you have to want to use a lot of power yeah well i hope you don't use a lot of power as in the backup mode you want a battery to last long so if you use lots of power and the battery only get a limited amount of energy, right? So the right. more power use, the the shorter the battery lasts. 
So what, what kind of notifications do you get if it's if you go into an off-grid mode? I mean, the house, I would assume, automatically shifts. You have a transfer, yeah. automatic automatic transfer. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we have the auto tra- uh, automatic transfer switch, so we're shifting to the backup mode. Yeah. Right, but so, then what what is what is what does the user's experience look like? Does it? It's I mean, it's automatic that it happens, but then what do they see? Oh, uh, they actually chain? should not know, notice anything. Should be, but the only thing you can you look at is in the app. In the mm-hmm. app, we have a, a energy a power flow diagram and show sure. you what actually giving any time we can tell you your energy consumptions, uh, how much you use from grid, how much you use from PV, uh, whether you charge or discharge battery when you're in the backup mode, and uh, you know we'll show you the. Uh, grids off you everything's in there uh, from you know uh, P- uh, batteries and uh, PV yeah yeah those are always really neat to watch right? my my general user experience is like people when they first get solar they first get the battery they'll watch it for like a month and then <laughs> they stop watching it but yeah. then when there's an outage or some kind of scenario or something it goes right back to being the most interesting thing to watch yeah. but those gra- those graphs are absolutely fantastic I've seen them Okay, so we covered a lot of ground here. Um, now, we I think that those types of outages are rare, but <clears throat> let me ask you, do you have like a setting? Are you able to configure the battery for a certain discharge rate so you always have a certain level of, of let's say, power available for when the power goes out? <laughs> um, we don't have the, in terms, we can set a battery state of charge. So you can say minimum about a state of charge where do I want to, cons- uh, you know, even if your time of use, for example, uh, you know, you want to shift the power usage, but you also want to say, I don't want to drink my battery all the way down because in the event of power out, so you can set the minimum state of charge to say 40%. Right. So mm-hmm. that is your oops moment. If the power is out, you have a backup of power. And the in terms of load control, we are working with the various different partners. So, you know, it's a really smart panel. Yep. Our load control, we do believe, you know, we have a very powerful um, uh, cloud connect um, devices inside the inverter actually can do multiple communication points, uh, be able to, you know, set, uh, able to control some of the load. And yeah. it all depends on other things, other infrastructures you have in the house. I mean, you know, you're from a background where you're controlling lots of little devices on roof, right? So it says to me, I wonder if you're kind of moving in that space, if it's in the roadmap to have plug level controls or circuit level controls, or even your own little load control panel. Of course, there's a handful of leaders in the market presently. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because we think you don't even need, in our case, you don't even need a smart panel. For us, we just do the plug control. A smart plug should be very easy. Yeah. It is, a, it is a pretty elegant solution, the, uh, the yeah. plug controls or the circuit level controls. Okay, well, here's another thought. Um, just when we kind of moving back to the economics a little bit and O&M and longevity, which is how we began the conversation. Mm-hmm. So when you look, you chose lithium iron phosphate, right? And of course, lithium iron phosphate, we've talked about this, Jay, plenty. But, you know, it tends, tends to have a, a better prospect for longevity at the tail end of its life cycle than some of the other chemistries out there. Did you choose it for that? What is the... You have safety, of course, as well. What is the prospects? Of course, you have a warranty, but then you have kind of true life cycle potential. Where, what can you tell us about the lithium iron phosphate and the specific type that you're using? Yeah, I think that the it's really it's we look at the chemistry uh, as you it's all of above you mentioned. It's a, it's performance, life cycle, uh, and availability, the supply chain as well, right? So 
So we look at all of this. I think this is a very good choice because uh, our product can perform up, uh, more than 6,000 cycles. And uh, we provided uh, more than 11 years of a warranty, which is a lead. Oh, 11. Lead, uh, yeah, it's a lead. That's lead interesting. Yeah. Because <laughs> they're always yeah. 10. So yeah. it's 11. I like that. So you got a 6,000 cycle. That And what is a cycle? Can, just because we've. That's, yeah, define yeah. a cycle, please. Right. A cycle is a uh, battery <laughs> goes through. <laughs> completely charge and discharge okay. right let's say you go from uh 10 percent because which is the minimum state of charge go up to 90 percent they come down to from 90 to 10 that's considered as one cycle so if you're from uh, 10 go to 80 you charge up top up but that's doesn't consider as a cycle no. oh interesting and there's a log obviously yeah uh, those cycles and you say okay well you did x amount of cycles over the years and now we're at the tail end of whatever so okay interesting Six thousand eleven years um and then you know of course there's a potential for it to last beyond that too it, 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 i mean so what i wanted to ask i wonder yeah, it doesn't just end i mean you, you get reductions in capacity and such correct. but the battery doesn't stop working <laughs> correct that's what we guaranteed is the capacity um in the end of the capacity and not sure. the battery doesn't work anymore so at that point i probably everyone want to switch different batteries anyway so, right yeah. uh two quick questions what are the voltages uh, of a lithium iron phosphate battery bank and um <clears throat> well that one first Sure. So maybe I should just step back. So our 10 kilowatt hour, you know, battery, it comes as a cabinet. This is, so yeah. with the BMS control inside the building, in, then we have a three slots where you can put a 3.3 kilowatt hours. It's modular. So the module. So it's modular. It's lightweight for installation and also easy. In the event something goes wrong, it's easy. You can swap out one battery cells, uh, one battery module versus the other. Um, and uh, its connection is very simple. It's a pre-wired. You know, all you have to do is just connect in plus minus and the serial connection. So so those are 10 kilowatt hour battery. And um, what was your question? I think I forgot. I, no, that was actually the where I was going to go with it. So I wanted to know the voltages. Oh, but the voltage. I uh, understand how it was configured as a second question. So you kind of jump to the configuration yeah so the voltage is a high voltage it's got a dc dc converter inside um, each battery module it's 51 volts um but then the, the serial is 150 but then input into the inverter is a high voltage so that is the we've got a dc dc converter inside it to boost the voltage and that's what gives the high efficiency I see. And then what is that round trip efficiency? Let's say panel to storage, for example, before yeah. I mean, panel to inverter. Our system rated, CEC rating is about 98% um, system rating efficiency. So it's right up there. It's right up there on the top. Very good. Okay. We covered a lot of ground. Jay, is there any, are there any looming big questions you have for Jen? Um, I don't think so. I want to see that, that um, automobile. Uh, electric <laughs> AV, EV charger. Yeah, we should talk next uh, for, year. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's, that's the biggest thing, the next piece of the puzzle, right? Yes. Um, but we're really, really, really pleased again to, to have this conversation. Um, I do want to see uh, Tygo installs all across the state and uh, let us know how things go out here for you. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you. Yeah, well, we definitely, um, it's a, Kauai is one of the important market. I think we have our teams going to Hawaii visit um, just, uh, you know, see how we can populate that market. Yeah, I really, I really do think that this uh, TOU 
uh, conversation is going to give you <laughs> some opportunities. Yes. Yes. What Thank what you. I've, what I've heard recently is uh, from the top installers by volume, mm -hmm. they describe the current market dynamics as better than NEM. You know, and and NEM that that says a lot to people that have been in this market before because NEM was like the wild west. It was just put it on roof. You know, I mean, we were running and gunning really hard in the early days of uh, NEM Solar. So. The language out there is that we're going to see, you know, tremendous uh, increase in volume uh, back to the NAM and even beyond that uh, in, in terms of volume and people are going to be looking for uh, technologies and people are a little bit mature, more mature in their understanding of photovoltaic and batteries and EVs and they're going to say, hey, what are my options? So they're going to want to understand more specifically what the characteristics of the systems are and what the background of the company is. And then also, is you know, the company going to be there to support us through the O&M process through the years? That's a big question, by the way, on people's minds out here as the market matures. So I think we've covered a lot of ground there. Is there any uh, final words uh, here that you'd like to bring in, Jane? You know, I think I really thank you for the opportunity. I think, you know, uh, Hawaii is a great market. It's, uh, you know, we like to be there uh, with the solar to grow the market uh, together with our installers there and the customer. Fantastic. This has been uh, Jing with Taigo Energy. Uh, we've known about this company for a long time. It's good to see them jumping into the Hawaii marketplace with this new Solar Plus battery offering. Uh, some pretty unique tech. Thanks, Jason, for tuning in, coming in here from Osaka. And uh, aloha, folks. This is the Solar Coaster. We'll uh, see you again uh, in, in shortly in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, thank you.